Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hub World Podcast. Um, today, we are going to be continuing our System Essentials series. I'll tell you more about that in a sec. First, introductions. My name is Jules, and today I'm joined by... Matteo. And Gino. And today, we are going to be determining the Nintendo DS Essential Games. Um, so, for those of you who have caught our System Essentials series in the past, this is, I think, our fifth episode... And what we do in our system essentials is we look at a system, um, in this case, a handheld system, and we try to determine what the five most essential games from that system are. To do this, we kind of go in a talking order. We nominate some games. We talk about why we think they're the essential picks for the system. Um, and then we have a big large list. And from that large list, we'll deliberate and narrow down the five essential games. Um, now, when we talk about essential, we're talking about the games that we at the Hub World have played. So we know that some of you might be like, well, why, why wasn't my favorite game mentioned? It might just be that we haven't played it, and we're not trying to say that these are the definitive five games that everybody has to play. We're just kind of giving a recommendation here based off of what we've played as a group. In terms of determining what those five games are, we like to look at a list variety. Like We, we don't want to have like five RPGs or five platformers. We do want to give you five games that are somewhat different. Um, we also probably won't include things like remakes or ports because we might not feel that those are really essential to that system. As well as we want to recommend games to you that you're actually going to be able to play. So if a game isn't really widely available anymore and the only way you're going to get it is by dropping $700 to find a, a cartridge of it, we might not consider it. So just giving you a heads up on how we um, determine those things. But ultimately, what we are going to do is we're going to break down what we think are the five essential DS games. And with that, do you think we're ready to start, guys? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Let's get right into it. So we're going to start with our nominations. We're going to go in a speaking order and just kind of create a list here. Um, and eventually we'll stop and deliberate. So let's see. I have a big list here. Uh, can I start? No, what, Gino? Let's shake it up. Why don't you start? I'll go second and then Matteo can go. Okay. Yeah, it kind of just splits up Mateo and my perspective instead of like Mateo saying something and me just being like, echo, 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 echo. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know Mateo is going to very much agree with me on this. And um, the Nintendo DS was a console dominated by Pokemon. There were two generations, various third versions, spinoffs, and remakes uh, for this series. And I want to just start off with the Gen 2 remakes for Pokemon as my nomination. Heart Gold, Soul Silver. Collectively, I think in our group of friends alone, I could with confidence say that we dropped thousands of hours into any Pokemon games on, on the lifespan of the DS, starting from like Diamond and Pearl, then going into... Uh, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, and the Black and White series games as well. My personal favorite is Heart Gold, Soul Silver because it brought me back to my childhood in my high school years, and I was able to play through the Gen 2 games in a much better pixel style with all the added quality of life features that Gen 3 and Gen 4 added to the, the main series Pokemon games, like having abilities and the battle system being revamped and everything. And if you want to hear more about our thoughts on... Uh, the Pokemon systems and the Pokemon games themselves, we do have our own separate episode on this topic, but Heart Gold and Soul Silver really stand out. 
because it was Gen 4, but just skinned as the Gen 2 games that a lot of OG Pokemon fans really, really love. We we love our Johto region. We love going back to the Kanto region. And you could play with a team of all your favorite Pokemon going from Gen 1 through 4 at the time. And I thought that this game was just absolutely beautifully done. The pixel art, and it was great. And it even had... Um, a little item that you could get that would change all of the new sounds and music that they had into the original Game Boy sounds, which was a nice little thing that they added for the the veteran fans uh, of the original games as like a post-game thing, kind of like an Easter egg after you've do- had done everything. And I thought it was really, really nice. And it was cool to see the Johto love previously in uh, the Gen 4 games with Diamond and Pearl because there had a lot of like Sinnoh and Johto were very connected in a lot of things. Like they added the new unknown forms. They had a lot of like the different lakes and everything The um, tied back to the Lake of Rage. You actually saw like your player character was watching like a home video or like a news report about the Red Gyarados in the Lake of Rage right at the very beginning of Diamond and Pearl. And just like Johto had such a, it, it just has a, such a special heart. I'm going to say heart gold over soul silver because I had gold version growing up, but that's where I want to start off. Yeah. Well, I feel like if we're starting off with Pokemon, we might as well just carry this conversation through. Yeah. So I guess I'll also nominate Pokemon Platinum, which is the third version of the fourth generation of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Um, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl are fantastic games. They're getting their remakes this year, and they are arguably some of the best Pokemon games. And Pokemon Platinum, that third version, is just the peak of that. Like, it's... It's such an incredible version of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. It includes everything that Pokemon Diamond and Pearl has, but with such a big spin, such an elaborate post game. And there's definitely, as Gino was kind of saying, there's even more connections to Johto because I think at that point they knew that Johto was coming. And so there was a lot more placed in there to um, connect to what was coming in the future. And like, I, I still like would argue that Gen 4 has some of the best Pokemon designs. Um, has some of the best gym leaders, one of the best regions, definitely the best lore in all of Pokemon. It was such a an elevation for Pokemon as a franchise because it really just took it to the next level and really just looked at exploring Pokemon in a way that was never explored before. Um, these weren't just like pocket monsters, these like little creatures that you catch. Like suddenly there was like a deep, profound like mythos to how they came to be and how the world came to be and just the best way to call it, it was a legendary pokemon gen because it had a lot of legendaries and because it was so focused on the legendary mythos and i really like that about pokemon platinum um and then like little things like the gym leader cafe like that i would go back every day and play and see who was in there and battle the gym leaders again things like i can't remember what it was called but i'm pretty sure it had the feature where you could rebattle trainers oh was that on the the watch thing yeah the versus seeker, right? No, that it could. No, it's the. Oh, I'm, bl- I'm blanking on the name. I was just literally thinking about it today. The uh, the Dex Nav. Yeah. No, is that maybe Dex Nav? Is that the no, whatever the, the watch Dex... is on the bottom of the touch screen, right? Like it was a Poketch. Yeah. It was a. It was called Poketch. Poketch was the watch yeah. exactly. So yeah, but like there was a lot of cool stuff there. It was just a very phenomenal game. So I, I as much as I also agree, Pokemon Heart Gold Soul Silver is arguably one of the best Pokemon games. I also argue that Pokemon Platinum is up there as well. Um, And I know that deliberation is going to be tough at the end of this podcast, but I think it's worth mentioning that as well. The Pokemon series, there's, there's so many games to pick from here. All of them are fantastic. Like 
I think honestly, the one thing we can definitively say, at least I can definitively say this, is that the Pokemon series, or as of now, its peak was on DS. I would agree. I would be inclined to agree. There's there's three games on DS that you can say are potentially the greatest Pokemon games ever made. So yeah. I was going to say, like, I want to talk about Diamond and Pearl just for the sentimental value I have towards it. Diamond, it might still be one of my most played games of all time, but so much time into that game. It was my first DS game after, like, three years of not being allowed to play on Geno's DS. I finally needed my own, and I got the DS on my birthday in, like, 2007, and Pokemon Diamond was my first game, and I just adored that game, and it's... I said it before in our Pokemon episode, but like Gen 4 was the first generation of Pokemon that I went into blind. It's the only generation of Pokemon I went into blind, not knowing anything. So everything was a surprise to me in that game. It was such a pure experience that I'll never be able to replicate because like I didn't go on the internet back then to like look up Pokemon spoilers like I do now. There's no Twitter. There was nothing like that to get spoiled and no Reddit, anything like that. For that reason, like, Platinum, like, I play Platinum, I adore Platinum as well, so, like, I'm not going to dominate Diamond and Pearl for that. I have Pokemon Conquest. Oh, damn, I forgot about that game. I bought it, like, ten years ago at EB Games, and I still haven't played it. Sitting on the shelf. You should. I bought it day one, and I sold it, and I regret it. Yeah, I'm sure if I played it, I would have enjoyed it and nominated it. And, like, the only Mystery Dungeon game I played on DS was Blue Rescue Team. So I don't really have any other Pokemon games to nominate. Well, then do you want me to close off Pokemon? Yeah, go ahead. So then I will close off Pokemon then by also nominating Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Explorers of Time, and Explorers of Darkness. You could say Explorers of the Sky, which was the third version, but I'm just going to go with the, the originals here. The Pokemon Mystery Dungeon series hit its peak with those games. Like Pokemon Pokemon. Mr. Dungeon Blue Rescue Team and Red Rescue Team are really great. We talked about them in our GBA essentials, but like the sequel was everything that the first one was just like taken into overdrive. They added a ton of features. They added the fourth generation of Pokemon, which gave a bigger variety of characters, including all that lore that came with all those Pokemon, right? Like it was significant adding Gen 4, even though it was just one generation of Pokemon, because the amount of legendaries in existence basically doubled when you add Gen 4 because Gen 4 introduced like 20 new legendaries and the lore behind yeah and the lore behind those pokemon just allowed the plot to do like incredible things like it's a whole like it's a time travel plot like it's really really well done it was one of the first games to ever make me cry um at the very end like it was beautifully done in terms of a pokemon game probably one of the darker stories like it's not dark by any merit but for pokemon it is um in terms of the themes it explores and just overall like it's such a fun game with like really likable characters giving pokemon like i I talked about this again like in the gba essentials but giving these pokemon these roles that fit their personalities like persian being the banker and kecleon being the the store runner and then you got like Wigglytuff is in charge of this troop of explorers and you you join it and oh it's such a fantastic game um definitely one of the highlights of my time with the ds and i loved that game i i think i played that game more than any other game on my ds so i definitely want to nominate that one we're going to close out the pokemon segment of our nominations at least i mean i i will just on the tail end 
just before we I did play the other three Pokemon spin-offs um on Was DS. Ranger so any good? I, I played Pokemon Ranger. Ranger is fun. I don't think it deserves to be nominated because it's it's pretty average, but I do appreciate it for what it was. It was cool. Pokemon Conquest is really good. I again, like I I haven't played it in a long time because I got it when it launched. I played it and then I I sold it, so I never got to play it again. But I remember thinking it was really great because it was just like it was like a Pokemon Fire Emblem and it was pretty cool. Um, and then I also played Pokemon Dash. I bought that day one, and I can tell you that is not. Um, one of the games that uh, that contributed to the domination of Pokemon in, in the DS era. <laughs> that game was not only was that game awful. That game destroyed my first DS's screen before I even because it was like the second game I bought on that system. My screen for the DS was destroyed before I even got to my third game because that game just required you to constantly scratch screen. Oh, it sucked. It was awful. Okay, moving on to from Pokemon to another series. Um, next item I got on my list here was um, one that's not going to be as like hard to pick for... Um, I think this might be a bit of a sleeper. You guys might not have it. I have Kirby Squeak Squad. I do have it, but... Continue. Uh, I Kirby do Squeak as well. Squad. Oh, shoot. Okay, here here I think... I hear I was thinking that I was going to be original for once. Because like, there was a reason why Yako didn't give it back to me for like seven years. Like he borrowed it and never gave it back. The reason I own two copies of that game for some reason, I don't know why. But yeah, I had a lot of fun with Kirby Squeak Squad. It was really like honestly like my first true Kirby game. I'd never I never played really any of the other ones outside of like maybe Kirby Kirby's Dreamland three on like an emulator or something or like Crystal Shards. But like this is the first one that I started and completed and had a lot of fun with it. They made Kirby's belly like your inventory, so you could suck up lots of enemies. And, like, you could store their powers for later. So if you got hit in the middle of a level, you could just give yourself sword or give yourself fire. And you could also combine certain things like fire sword, electric sword. And I think hammer uh, was in there also. Uh, the squeaks as a, vi- as a villainous squad, um, like every Kirby game, uh, they get introduced because they stole Kirby's food. <laughs> they stole Kirby's cake. And Kirby went on a vendetta against these little mice, uh, the squeaks. They're like a, ban- a, a trove of bandits. Daroche the mouse was quite interesting. And it kind of like captured those like Meta Knight vibes. Where like, okay, mm-hmm. it's got like this trench coat. It's got a hat. And he's kind of mischievous. And he's got this magic wand. He's one of my favorite Kirby villains, like period. Yeah. He's so His design is so good too. Yeah, yeah and, the, and the rest of the squeaks were also quite good too. You had like the crazy doctor in the UFO. You had the, like the really big guy as well. And, like, there was the baby one, and there was also the lady one also. They were not as out there, but, like, the squeaks themselves were, they served as your, like, Krako. They served as your DDD. Like, those types of villains. And it was just a bunch of new characters. And it got kind of dark when, like, Daroche got possessed. Towards the end, I don't want to spoil, like, too much story reason, but, like, the cool, edgy villain got even more edgy. And it turned into, okay... Kirby chasing after these lovable villains and then it turns into like a a nightmare kind of scenario with like some of like the galactic horror stuff that Kirby has to deal with on a regular basis. I don't know, the gameplay was good, the level design was fun, it was a cute atmosphere and all in all really tight gameplay. Well, about the gameplay, Kirby Squeak Squad I'm pretty sure was like the first Kirby game that really expanded the copyability movesets with the addition of the the scrolls that you could collect 
in the game. The scrolls would, I think, they were hidden within the chests. Like, each level had... I don't remember a previous Kirby like games had... three these. chests. Three yeah, chests. there was, like, one massive chest and then a few small chests scattered throughout the level, hidden in various places, that added length and a little bit of difficulty to the game. And in those chests, you would find the hidden scrolls that would, like, add extra moves to all the copy abilities that are in the game. I think you could even get cosmetic things as well, like in a time yeah. of, in, in a time in video mm-hmm. games where you could unlock cosmetics without opening your wallet. There were colors. Brown Kirby is the best. In Squeak Squad, like you would have these upgraded movesets because of the scrolls, but in future Kirby games, the scrolls don't exist anymore because all those expanded movesets are just there from the get-go. Like I think that as a really underrated addition that Squeak Squad had to the Kirby formula, it made the combat more compelling. But... Yeah, like Squeak Squad, I think it's my favorite Kirby game. Ultimately, what it is like about Squeak Squad that I feel is appealing is that Kirby as a series is very experimental, and Kirby goes through a lot of different gameplay types, and Kirby Squeak Squad really felt like the first true sequel to Kirby's Adventure. Because it was the first time that Kirby actually just had like a traditional linear level-based platformer that didn't have like a massive change in the gameplay um because even the closest thing to that would have been kirby 64 but kirby 64 had such a massive gameplay um change that it like i wouldn't call it a sequel to adventure the way i would call squeak squad a sequel to adventure so i guess that's squeak squad so mateo do you have a nomination uh yes i do and like i said prior to uh when we were talking about Pokemon, how Pokemon Diamond was my, my most played DS game. I think easily my second most played DS game and one of my favorite games in this series is uh, Mario Kart DS. Mario Kart DS is the best handheld Mario Kart game ever made. Like, it might even be one of the best Mario Kart games, period. The course design in that game is fantastic. Like, we've had iconic mario kart maps or courses introduced in that game like cheap cheap beach luigi's mansion waluigi pinball dolphino square like so many big like peach Gardens, so many really awesome mario kart tracks were introduced in this game not to mention it was the first mario kart game to really add retro ca- uh, cups and retro courses mm, true mario kart gba a super circuit that game is not great in my eyes, but one thing it did add was it added the SNES tracks. Whereas this game, you had N64, SNES, and uh, Double Dash maps on the, the system, or on the game. Also, it was the first Mario Kart game to have online. Even though you can't play the online today, like it's still a pretty significant thing. Uh, in uh, in Mario Kart in Nintendo history also because like I don't think there was very f- there was very few Nintendo games before it that came out that had a multiplayer. You had customizable character like every character had like three or four I think customizable like their own unique carts which was really cool. The single player content was pretty sizable like I said with uh, sixteen or yeah with the um, the eight cups plus they had a mission mode which was really awesome. Uh, and also, like, you could customize your own logos and stuff to put on your carts. It was, all in all, like, honestly, Mario Kart DS gets really overlooked, I think. And the fact that 
like friggin' Rob was a playable character in it. Like, it, there's there's so many awesome things in this game that like I I want to go back and play it to see if it holds up as well as I think it does, and I feel like it will. But like, remember like. After Mario Kart DS came out, that's when they started adding the motorbikes, the glide, underwater, zero gravity, all that stuff that, like, took Mario Kart to the next level uh, in terms of scope and stuff like that. So, like, this might be, realistically, like, it could be considered the last, like, traditional classic Mario Kart experience. So, it holds a really special place in my heart for that, to be honest with you. I just want to add one small thing uh, for the mission mode, Mateo. There was also boss battles, so you could fight like King yeah. Goomba, uh, King Bobom, King Boo, Big Bully. Yeah, all all those types of things, like in the middle of the mission modes, and that's something that I really wish. And like we've talked about this for like the, in the future of Mario Kart episode that we did. Wow, lots of plugs today. Wow, okay, yeah. that's like what three or four, right? But yeah, like we talked about in this in the future of Mario Kart episode, where like we really wish that like the mission modes, like kind of stuff would come back to, for unlocking cosmetics instead of using just like the the virtual slot machine like they have in Mario Kart 8 and 8 Deluxe. So that would be cool. Yeah. Just a small addendum. Jules, what about you? Well, so I'm going to kind of take us back a little bit to Kirby. So for all the read like I like Kirby Squeak Squad. Um, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite Kirby games, but I, I like it. And I do have fond memories of it. Now, part of the reason that I don't consider it to be one of the best Kirby games is for the reasons we were talking about. Like, it is a very traditional Kirby game. Um, And there's so many traditional Kirby games. But um, Kirby does go through a lot of experimental phases, and some of them don't work, and some of them really do. And one of the ones that really, really worked is Kirby Canvas Curse. Um, And I don't know if you guys have played Kirby Canvas Curse, but that game is fantastic. Like in terms of thinking about what the DS is as a system in terms of the touchscreen being the big sell, that game used the touchscreen in such an incredible way. And that game is like, it is not a Kirby game by any means. I would not call it a Kirby games in terms of game, in terms of gameplay. And I think that's why a lot of people forget about it, but that game is really really well done and really well made and it's a very incredible like ds unique experience that i think really makes it worthy of talking about it um on this list because it's not something you can go play somewhere else it's really it's really a ds game um and that game was full of content there was so much to do um there were tons of levels there were tons of playable characters you could unlock meta knight and you could unlock king ddd in the game and replay the games with them um, and they had different abilities, like King Dedede's ball was bigger, so it was harder to, like, maneuver him, and Meta Knight would attack when he ran into things, and, like, stuff like that. And there was, like, tons of unlockables, tons of, uh, same thing as, like, Squeak Squad, like, there there was a lot to do that was just, like, collectible, collectathon kind of stuff. But that overall gameplay of using the stylus to, like, draw paths and, like, move Kirby through the level that way was really just well done and they tried to do it again with kirby and the rainbow curse um on wii u and it was not well done it was very much canvas curse light um but canvas curse is a very strong game and i thought it should be mentioned yeah that's one one of those games that like i really wish i did play because i think i would really like it there's a lot of games like that on ds but i was just too busy playing uh pokemon diamond and mario kart yeah Uh, i wish i didn't play that much but what can you do 
Okay, Gino, your turn. Ooh, okay. Now, uh, Giuliano, I think you will have one of these games on your list. It's not going to be the one that you think it is. I'm going to go out and nominate Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. That is the one I thought it would be. Really? That is definitely the one I, th- I thought like, you would say. You were the Partners in Time fan here. No, I know. That's the. I, I'm saying in terms of me thinking what you would nominate, I absolutely thought you would nominate that. Yeah. Um, as much as I loved Partners in Time, there were just too many buttons to push all the time. So you had to manage your A, B, and your X and Y for the baby's attacks. Like when Mario and Luigi were separated from the babies, I found the game was way better than when they were with. Just because there was just less buttons to push now, on, on the screen. We don't need to slam Partners yeah. in Time. Why don't you just talk about Bowser's Inside Story? Bowser's Inside Story simplified all of that. You had your Mario and Luigi gameplay, your traditional stuff from like the Game Boy and the Partners in Time saga, but you also had like the first time you could actually play as Bowser and it really like outside of the GameCube and playing as Bowser in those 2D segments in Mario, um, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Bowser was a full-on playable character, had his own abilities, kind of carried on that similar kind of like, I'm Bowser, I'm arrogant, and like, who the heck are you to think that you can be better than me? And just like, he was just a lovable oaf, as well as being like the big tough guy. And I really, really enjoy seeing Bowser's personality in the Mario RPG games, whether it be through Mario and Luigi or whether it be through Paper Mario, because he steals the show every time. And and this time, you got to see a little bit more than what Bowser externalizes. You literally got to go and see his insights. (laughs) And what really makes Bowser tick as, as a character. And I just thought it was just such a unique experience because like you have Mario and Luigi going inside of Bowser and literally being like steroids and like powering him up to like do certain things like they strike his neurons in a specific way inside of his brain that like does something to trigger his body to like like get some kind of response and just really good gameplay you could as Mario and Luigi you could also leave Bowser do a few little things and as they were separate entities they had like almost two different stories going on that eventually did converge and the final boss I found was really, really cool. Also, I'd like to add, for the reasons you said, obviously, Bowser's Inside Story was also the debut of the greatest Mario character of all time, Broke Monsieur. Oh my so, god, yes. Mm. Broke Monsieur is quite the character. Bowser's Inside Story is my favorite Mario and Luigi game. I was, it, was that also the first game that you could like turn the DS sideways and have like those mega yes. battles? Yes. Yeah. That was awesome. It was. Really loved those. Um, so. I will just say, while I see, I I've always agreed that Bowser's Inside Story is the best Mario and Luigi game. Although my favorite one is Partners in Time, I am going to say anybody go play Partners in Time. I'm not going to bother putting it on the short list because I think in our deliberation, even I won't vouch for it as the stronger one. But if you're interested in Mario and Luigi at all, that's also one to go play. It's also the only one that hasn't been remade. So if you're going to go back to DS and play one of them, yep. Yeah, and then, like I, I wasn't meaning, I wasn't meaning to knock on, I wasn't meaning to like rip on Partners in Time because like that was the game that got me really into the Mario and Luigi series. No, I see it's how just, it is. No, yeah, I see. like just, no, yeah, I see. just as as like when I was playing it when I was younger, it was just I felt there was a lot of buttons to like manage, especially in the part like when all four of the bros were on screen doing stuff. It was just a well, little bit. In the great wise words of our dear friend Yako Gino. Get good. See, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, Mateo, do you have a nomination? Yes, I do. I'm running out of them because I also was going to nominate Bowser's Inside Story, but... Uh, oh, crap, sorry, Mateo. So, 
I'm going to go into a... I'm going to nominate a very hidden gem on uh, DS that I think gets way too much hate. And I honestly don't understand where this hate comes from, because this game is fantastic. And that is Wario Master of Disguise. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't... Jules, are you one of those people that just don't like Wario Master of Disguise? No, I really like Wario Master of Disguise. I'm just surprised we're nominating it for this list. I don't have any games to nominate that before. Keep going. Keep going. This was an honorable mention of mine. The only ones I have left are honorable mentions. But uh, Wario Master of Disguise is a fantastic 2D platformer. I love the fact that like uh, Wario can now like you get like he basically puts costumes on and gets those abilities. And like you use the the touchscreen in a really neat way to like put the costumes on. Count Cannoli is a fantastic character as well. And I just love the the kind of relationship that Wario and Count Cannoli has. And Wario is the villain of this game. Like, let's be real here. Like, I I just find that it's hilarious that you're playing as the villain in the game, and he's Count Cannoli's trying to stop Wario. It's yeah. Just, it's so good. It it honestly, it's a, it's a like I said, it's a hidden gem. It it the the platforming the is really it's, good. Yeah, it's it's if you if you like Wario Land, the Wario Land platformers, you'll really like Master of Disguise. I think it's so good. Just I don't have very much more to say about it. It's it's been a very long time since I played it, but okay. Well, I wasn't going to nominate this one next, but I think it's topical now. I'm going to nominate WarioWare Touched. WarioWare Touched is, in my opinion, as a very big WarioWare fan, the best WarioWare game. Like, I don't even think it's a contest. WarioWare Touched is the peak of WarioWare. The touchscreen, and especially the novelty of the touchscreen at the time, lended itself so well to WarioWare. Like, it was a match made in heaven. And so, like, they really did a great job and i really feel like every other warrior game since has just been trying to be that game and has not been able to do it um but that is honestly in my opinion the best warrior game and one of the best experiences on nintendo ds hands down for me like i i love warrior touched um and i think it's it's just again like kirby's canvas curse it's one of those games that you're not getting that experience elsewhere you are only getting that experience on the Nintendo DS, and I I really appreciated it for that. Okay, Gino, um, do you have a nomination? Nah, I'm good. I don't I don't have any. Oh, okay, you're done. Okay, yeah, interesting. Mateo, go ahead. Right, so go back to me. Me. Okay, all right. So the Legend of Zelda series on DS Ooh. has it has an incredible high on DS, but there's a, it is also an incredible low. And I'm not here to talk about Phantom Hourglass because that game is just not good. <laughs> To me, Spirit Tracks redeemed the Touch Zelda gameplay on DS. Really, I played through it. I avoided it because I was I felt super burnt by Phantom Hourglass, so I avoided it for a long time. I ended up picking the game up really cheap because I wanted it for my collection, and I was in a Zelda mood around the time Breath of the Wild came out, and I actually played Spirit Tracks slightly before Breath of the Wild came out, and I really enjoyed it, and I think it's because you spent a lot of time in the train in that game, but honestly, it didn't feel as boring and mindless as the boat was in Phantom Hourglass, and also the fact you didn't have to go back to one location over and over and over and over again like you did in Phantom Hourglass. It felt the 
the dungeon design and the items in Spirit Tracks was better. I love the Spirit Train theme. That's that song is magical. And Smash Bros really made me like that song a lot more. But uh, if you want to play the two games, I would not suggest Phantom Hourglass at all. Spirit Tracks is the better game from beginning to end. And I'm pretty sure it's we're probably not going to end up putting it on the essentials list. But I would like to at least just recognize its its uh, its greatness. So, but uh, yeah, Spirit Tracks is my last nomination. Okay. Well, if you guys are done no- on nominations, so I'm looking at my list of games I still have written, and I have 11 games written that we haven't talked about. <laughs> now, I've I've deliberated that there's I'm comfortable with five of these just being vulnerable mentions, but there's six of them I gotta mention, and I'm sorry, but I'm gonna talk a lot here. And I think some of them you guys will agree with me. I think you just forgot to mention them. But there's one game I'm purposely not mentioning because I don't like it. I have two games on on my honorable mentions that I didn't want to say. Just don't worry. Because let me let every me talk subsequent about them. version's better. Let me talk about them, okay? Because okay. I know what game both of you are referring to, and I'm going to say why I think both of those games deserves to be here, not only on the short list but potentially on the the final list. Um, okay. So the first one I'm going to nominate, which I assume is the one Gino was referring to, is Animal Crossing Wild World. Yep. Now, Animal Crossing Wild World, I'm not going to say what Gino said isn't true, that every subsequent version isn't necessarily better. But Wild World did more for this series than anything has until New Horizons. Wild World took the original game and added so much like my when i think of my fond memories of animal crossing wild world i have the fondest memories i'm with because it added a ton the customization was completely overhauled something that wasn't changed again until new horizons um the way that the world map functioned was was changed so it was like one big world they added more to the villager personalities in the dialogue that wasn't didn't exist in the original version and is still a staple now that they haven't altered very much since Wild World, um, as well as the introduction of a lot of, like, that's where Nintendo, well, actually, no, Nintendo items exist in the original too, but they took it to the next level in Wild World. They added things like the slingshot. They added way more fish and bugs and museum things, the, the cafe. I really believe Wild World is the, the real dawn of Animal Crossing, and I think it deserves to be mentioned for that reason. The second game I have on here, which I know is the one Mateo was referring to, and I'm going to adamantly argue against what I feel he feels about this game, is New Super Mario Bros. New Super Mario Bros. is looked at as this awful series now. And my argument against that is the only reason that happened is because they made so many of them. But the first New Super Mario Bros. game was incredible. And I remember when it came out, it was the shit. Everybody was like, holy crap, there's a new mainline Mario game. It was well done. The bosses were cool. It wasn't just like the new ones where like all the bosses are the same. Like the bosses were different. They were cool. That was the introduction of Dry Bowser as a character. Bowser Jr. started to take more of a prominence in that game and has ever since. And while some people don't like the new Super Mario Bros. version of gameplay, I still argue that it is some of the tightest Mario gameplay. It's just gotten 
old because there have been so many sequels because of the success of that first one. But I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with the first one. The first one was really great. And it was the first true Mario sequel, like 2D Mario sequel, since Super Mario World. So I think it deserves to be mentioned and considered. I will with refrain my rebuttal until the uh, deliberation. Sure. So. The other one I want to mention is Custom Robo Arena. Custom Robo, as a Nintendo series, has completely died out, which is fair. It was kind of obscure. But Custom Robo Arena is an incredible, incredible game. And while it was the end of the series, it also was the peak of that series. Like, it is basically, like, as in-depth as a Pokemon game in terms of how that story and the RPG elements and, like, the game, like, actually progresses. I don't know if you guys have actually played it. Um, I know you own it, but I don't know if you've played through it. But it's, like, really great. I've played through it multiple times. Um, the story charming. Mateo's really defensive about Custom Robo, especially when Riley's concerned. I, yes, I know. Uh, that um, event that I will not say in the podcast uh, <laughs> has turned me off from that game. Nothing yep. to do with the game itself. I have yet All, to play it. You have a completely subjective experience just to do with how you purchase the game that has no merit on what the game is like. But I know. It's a very, very great game. There's tons of customization. The gameplay of Custom Robo is really awesome. There's a lot of strategy involved. There's a lot of just like... Um, experimentation involved and there's just a lot to do in that game and i really really liked the story i just like it felt like pokemon that's what i loved about it is i played the original one on gamecube and the shortcomings of that version of the game was it felt like tonally it felt strange but like this one really just felt like i was playing a pokemon game with different gameplay and that was really just fun to me so i want to mention that one okay ready for my other three other yep. four? Jules, can Sorry. I guess? Can I guess what one of them will be? I mean, Does can. it involve three cloaked figures on a clock tower? I'm not mentioning the the potentially worst Kingdom Hearts game. Okay. I love the game. I love the story, but it's not. No. So I have four more, and I know I'm pretty sure you guys have not played these games, but I would feel uncomfortable not mentioning them when we're talking about the DS. So the first one is something I actually mentioned back in the GBA one that I was mistaken about where it actually existed first, but this is where I played it first. And I thought it existed on the GBA, but it apparently did not. Um, But Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, is a fantastic series. It is one of the staples of Nintendo DS especially when you expand outside of the Nintendo first parties. And it's like, it's like a digital novel, but it adds that layer of like mystery and like being a detective. And when I played it, it was unlike anything I'd ever played before. It really just felt like I was experiencing a story and I'd never played anything like that in my life. And it lent itself well to a touchscreen. Like it's another one of those games that just like doing the investigations and looking around the room for clues and stuff just like worked really well with the touchscreen and the characters are fun. They're interesting. Um, there's like, ultimately it's uh, in a way a puzzle game because you're trying to figure out the holes in each of these different um, people's stories using data that you've collected. And like, you need to know the time to like interrupt them and slam down your evidence and stuff. And it's really, it was really good. And the stories are really, really great. Um, now, I haven't played all of them. I've only played the first one. So that's the one I'm going to nominate. But it's a really great series. And like even my roommate right now is playing the new one that just launched on Switch. The the great Ace Attorney, which is his like descendant or his ancestor, ancestor who, interacted, yep. who interacted with Sherlock Holmes, or as they call him in the game, Herlock Sholmes. Um, <laughs> but 
he's currently on a chapter that is called the hound of the baskervilles and i'm just like so interested i'm like i kind of want to play this because it's just very cool the way that they they approach mystery and it like just feels that way that's one series I actually really want to get into. So you should. It's and you can get the the trilogy fairly cheap on um yep. on Switch on Switch. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the second one is another staple to the Nintendo DS um, that I've played that I really like. And again, I've only played one of these games, so I'm going to nominate the one that I've played. But Professor Layton and the Curious Village. Professor Layton is a puzzle game. It's just completely puzzles. There's a story around it. Again, there's like a mystery very similar to Phoenix Wright. Um, but it's more like rather than the puzzles being like following a narrative, the puzzles are just like individual puzzles and trying to solve them. Um, you have to solve so many of them to progress. Now, that game is another game that just lends itself well to the Nintendo DS touchscreen. It's like all of the puzzles are, are done by using the touchscreen, whether they be like logic-based ones or math-based ones or like some are just like riddles. And it's just... It's one of those games that's just, again, like unlike most of the games you've probably experienced. They're just very intuitive and they make you feel smart. That's what I love about both Phoenix Wright and Professor Layton is like when you achieve something, you feel validated. You feel intelligent. You feel like you solved something. And that's something that I don't often get in games unless I'm playing something like Zelda. But most of the puzzles in Zelda aren't that intuitive. So those two games I feel are are definitely games to to think about. Okay, you ready for my last two? Yep. All right. Okay, so this one, again, another game I think I've played that you guys haven't played, but Rhythm Heaven. Oh, yeah. I've actually played Rhythm Heaven. So this is another one. Like, when I say, like, WarioWare was its best on the DS, Rhythm Heaven is another one of those ones that just worked with the DS. Because Rhythm Heaven is essentially WarioWare, except all the micro games also have a musical aspect to them. Is that the one where like Beyonce was in the commercial? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, th- th- that's th- and that's the thing is like our group of friends is very into music. Like that's part of what like gets us into like Zelda and like a lot of the Nintendo games is like music is such a core element. And Rhythm Heaven is like the epitome of that. It's like it's really just like feeling the music and like using that toward the games and like. It's just so fun. Like it's such a blast. Rhythm Heaven. Like if you haven't played it, you it's one of those games that you just you just need to experience. It's so good. Unless you don't have rhythm. If you don't have rhythm, don't bother. Like if you if you can acknowledge you don't have rhythm, probably don't play Rhythm Heaven. I actually found like a R four card like on the ground one day at work. I picked it up, cleaned it, put it in my DS. Rhythm Heaven was on there, but it was the Japanese, so I had no idea like what the menus were, and I was able to play through. A- a good amount of the games i had a good time but like not a full enough experience in which i was like comfortable uh nominating it but it was it was still really enjoyable but uh it it was made by the intelligent by intelligence systems as well right so yeah they made very similar games like that on ds with warrior and with rhythm heaven which is really cool yep so okay i have one last one that I need to nominate. And then we is can go into honorable club? mentions. It's not Wings <laughs> Um And now this game is very arguably one of the best games on Nintendo DS. Like it just is. And I will die on that hill. Um, the World Ends With You is built for DS. Looks like a moving anime. The tone, the themes, the characters. It's basically, just, it's like, it's like edgy Kingdom Hearts set in Shibuya. 
and the the gameplay is like it's this RPG um touchscreen based gameplay where you're you're using like you're leveling up these pins and you're leveling up these powers but the way to control them is by using the touchscreen to activate them and it's really the gameplay is just fun it's like it's it's fun while also being like strategy and puzzle based um the overworld is all a puzzle you're trying to figure things out it's like taking that Phoenix Wright Professor Layton gameplay and like adding an RPG element and like a combat system onto it. And it's it's just incredible. I I can't explain it more than that. Like it's it's just an, an incredible game. So those are my nominations. I'm honestly surprised no one said Mario Hoops three on three. I wanted to put that out as an honorable honorable mention. I have it on my honorable mentions. I love that game, but I'm just like, eh, it's not it's not gonna make it on. So I figured one of you guys well, would say it, but why don't we do some honorable mentions now just to to just let the so, listeners know some other games to check out. So uh future Mateo would want me to mention Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. So I'm just gonna put <laughs> and that in there. Current Giuliano would like to detest that and say Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon's one of the weaker Fire Emblem games. Really? Yeah, it's not it's not the best, but if you like Fire Emblem, that is that is the best way to play Mars Story ultimately. ultimately. Yeah. And the, so, um, what else, Mateo? Just say all your honorable mentions. That's it, Mario Hoops and and Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. <laughs> okay. <That's, laughs> I I said I I put Wario Master of Disguise and Spirit Tracks in the in my actual nominations list, but that's fine. Okay, yeah, Gino. It's, it's because we played way too much Pokemon. Honestly, yeah. like we didn't really like experience like the that's... rest of the DS libraries because we got really into Pokemon. That's yeah. totally fair. Yeah. So and, like, you know, the um, other you thing got... though, I just remembered that there were also three really solid Castlevania games on DS that we haven't None played, like played. there, like there, like there was on Game Boy Advance. So I just wanted to get that out there. That's okay. as well. Wait, the, the listeners know we haven't played everything, so yeah. Um, yeah. And Advance Wars DS, Advance Wars DS is supposed to be really good too. So that's it. I'm going to put an honorable mention for Diddy Kong Racing, but I know exactly why no one said it here is because a lot of the localization and the lack of banjo really almost hurt. Like, oh, I didn't didn't put it on for that reason. I actually think the DS is a remake. I think it's it's a a remake in a lot lot of senses. Like, they got rid of banjo, they got rid of Conquer. And like I okay. really didn't like I know we like Banjo and Conquer, but it was not a D make. It did improve on all of the systems. The reason we didn't mention it is because it's a N sixty four game. It's not a And Mario sixty four, uh yeah. Even though I, I would argue that Mario sixty four DS is different enough because they added all the minigame modes and those were really fun for a while. Like even those Mario, were really fun. Yeah, the, hey, like but the Mar- you know what? That's another reason to like New Super Mario Bros. Because all those mini games turned into New Super Mario Bros. Yeah, I know, but I feel like Mario sixty four had like like it was it was still mostly Mario sixty four like sixty four DS like added Yoshi and Luigi and Wario, but I don't know like it it was it's okay like it's a it's an honorable mention we don't really need to explain why that's okay exactly yeah okay so deliberation time no I got Uh, honorable mentions oh gosh Jules. (laughs) You got like um, seven more picks than everyone. So, I well, that's because I I clearly you played I a lot of played DS. a lot of DS. But so I also want to mention Digimon World Dawn and Dusk, which are the best Digimon RPGs. And the only reason I didn't try to nominate it is because while I think Digimon 
World Dawn and Dusk are better than a lot of the Pokemon games, it can't compete with what is the peak of Pokemon. So I'm, I didn't bother mentioning it, but those are really good Poke- Digimon games. Um, there's a game called Lost Magic, which is another game that's like really great. I don't know who developed it, but um, it was just a game that I liked. Pokemon Black and White should get an honorable mention because while yep. while it can't really compete with Heart Gold and Platinum, in I think our collective opinion, it still was a very strong entry um, yeah. into the Pokemon series. And by extension, Black 2, White 2. Yes. Yeah. And while we respect Joe, I think... Still a good game. Mind. Yeah, still a good yeah. game. Um, and then Scribble Knots, I thought I would mention too, because that's where it started, and it was a really fun, cool game. Again, like, lent itself very well to the touchscreen. And Sonic Rush, a really great Sonic 2D platformer that introduced Blaze the Cat, and it actually was, like, a very solid game. Those are my honorable mentions. What about uh, Sonic... Uh, what's it called? Sonic Chronicles. Oh, no. <laughs> I like Sonic Chronicles, but it doesn't even deserve to be honorably mentioned. <laughs> I think with that, that's I think that's a good point now to go into our deliberation. So, uh, I will. I think I recorded all the games. So the games that have made our short list that now we're gonna have to whittle down are Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, Pokemon Platinum. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Explorers of Time and Darkness, Kirby Squeak Squad, Mario Kart DS, Kirby Canvas, Kirby's Canvas Curse, Mario Luigi, Bowser's Inside Story, Wario Master of Disguise, Wario Wear Touched, Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks, Animal Crossing Wild World, New Super Mario Bros, Custom Robo Arena, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, Professor Layton and the Curious Village, Rhythm Heaven and The World Ends With You. So that's how many games? One, two, three, 17 four, five, games. six, seven, eight, nine. Seventeen. Dang, seventeen. That might be our biggest short list. No, we had <laughs> not we really had a short list. I think um, do we have well that many for N sixty four. We had we a lot. Might, we might be able to whittle some down already. Um, yeah. yeah. Why don't we start instead of staying, saying what will stay? Let's start making cases for what should go. Now I'm going to make the first case for what should go because there was a statement that Mateo made it. Made it. The statement Mateo made earlier (laughs) that I fully disagree with, which was something along the lines of the lows of Zelda were very low, but the highs were highs. I disagree. There were no highs for Zelda and DS. Spirit Tracks is good. That's it. It is good. It is not amazing. It is not even in the top half of Zelda games. And I genuinely believe, and this is the only Nintendo system that I would ever make this claim. Zelda has no right being on this list. Period. And that's why I was just going to say, all, all you needed to say, Jules, was that, Mateo, you said Wario Master of Disguise and Spirit Tracks were honorable mentions that you just <laughs> you pushed up. I'm, I'm both of those being taken off. Okay, we can take off Wario Master of Disguise and Spirit Tracks? Yeah. I will say... Yeah. I will say Wario Master of Disguise would have made my top uh, my top six, not my top five. It's a great game. Honestly, it is really good. It is really, really good. It's good. I don't think it's a bad game. I just when I look at it, and we're talking about like the series, because you can't take it out of the context of its series. Like, yeah. I really think in terms of Wario Land, it's one of the weaker ones. But how dare people lump it in with like Donkey Kong Barrel Blast and like the worst Nintendo games of all time? Like, come on, it's not one of the worst Nintendo games. No, of all I disagree. Time. It's not the, one of the worst. It's it's a yeah. good game. It's just. Again, it's one of the weaker Warrior Land games. Like, but anyway, we should continue. 
Um, is there anything else that anybody thinks should be axed right away? Honestly, as much as everyone likes Wild World jewels, like I have I'm it on okay. my, yep. I, I have okay. it on my honorable mentions just because every Animal Crossing built upon it. And yep, now I we're agree. at the point where like we're at like the peak of Animal Crossing wasn't there. And like I like we never actually owned Wild World. We just borrowed it from our cousin for a week. And it was really I, fun, don't get me wrong. But I agree. It, yeah, yeah. I agree. Was... I and I agree with you because it's one of those games like we've done in the past where it's like, what is the purpose of going back and playing that one? Is it's it like that Smash different Bros. now? Yeah. Right. <laughs> which like all the old Smash Bros. games in my opinion. Which but... will segue yeah. me into my next one, and I know this one's gonna hurt guys. But I don't think Mario Kart DS is in the top five, just for the same reason that I feel that while I agree with everything you said, I do think it's like one of the last traditional ones. I do think it made some really great changes to the series. I still don't know what the purpose would be telling somebody now to go back and play that one when the experience is relatively the same and better now. Just like I said with all the other Mario Karts, like I don't think any Mario Kart is really differentiated enough to go back and play an old one. So with the exception of 64. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I would argue that the mission mode is, is good to go back and try to play like, especially for those like boss battles and things like that. Like it was a cool fusion between the, um, like the battle mode gameplay that you would play in multiplayer with your friends locally or online for the first time, because it was like, you know, online for the first time in uh, DS, but that online feature has been taken away also, so you're not getting the same game as you would have back then. I would argue that the mission mode is unique enough to go try out, but is it a sell for the entire game? I, I can I can agree with that. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's like, it's definitely in my top five, but I'm definitely in the minority in that, so I... I really, I really like it too, Mateo, but it's one of those things where it's just like, Mario Kart is one of those games that like gets better with every subsequent entry, except no, for that's Mario a, Kart TBA. That is a hundred percent false. That is that is a hundred percent false, Gino. But uh, wow, Mario Kart be, Wii was good. Mario Kart Seven was good. Mario Kart Eight was so much better. No, I I I, I don't want to get into it, but I, I do not agree with that at all. But uh, yeah, I'm fine okay, we'll, with we'll DS. Keep it let's keep it. Let's keep it tentative. No, no, I'm yeah. fine with DS coming off if that's the way you guys think about it. So. No, I really, I really like the, the, the all the modes and stuff, like like the the arcade mode that they added to it. Like the tracks and everything. Don't get me wrong, are very, very good. But I feel like just the look of the three, like of the look of the DS, Mario Kart is not aged well in in the looks department. While a lot of these other games are mostly like pixel art and things like that, Mario Kart DS went into like that 3D kind of atmosphere, and it's kind of also why like Mario 64 DS. It's a little rough around the edges just because of the art style and the way that... I guess I'll, like, I'll transition into New Super Mario Bros. Because, like, that is a huge reason why I don't like New Super Mario Bros. Is because of how bad the visuals are. And, like, the DS is between, like, an SNES and N64 in terms of graphical abilities. And, like, it... That is, like... It just... I look... I feel like I'm playing a blur when I'm playing certain games and new super mario bros is one of them and the other thing with new super mario bros is i just don't think like the power-ups and stuff were that memorable in that game like mini mario is kind of lame in my opinion and also like the majority of the time i put into that game wasn't actually playing the main game it was playing the the like like the card games and the mini games and like stuff like that and i'm like well 
I can those some of those games are unique to New Super Mario Bros. And, oh, and by extension, Super Mario 64 DS. But I can play a lot of those card games like on my Windows desktop. Like it's not that like there aren't as many really like one ones that stand out in my eyes at least. But like, and also I do think New Super Mario Bros. did get better with at least with New Super Mario Bros. Wii and you it's just those games the, a lot of them came out within a very short period of time but uh i don't know i i i think if you're gonna say the visual thing is something to knock mario kart ds about then that can definitely be said about new super mario bros do we want to have both pokemon games on there or are we going to save that for later i think we'll talk about that after i'm, I'm okay right. dropping new super mario bros like i do think it's really good but i don't know if it's one of the top five DS yeah. games. I like on my list. It's an honorable mention. Fair enough. Okay. Well, why don't we whittle down what's left? I've forgotten. I know we still have Layton. Uh, we have Ace Attorney. We have Rhythm Heaven. World Ends with You. Game. Custom Robo. WarioWare. Mario and Luigi. Bowser Inside Story. Kirby Canvas Curse. Kirby Squeak Squad. Mystery Dungeon, and then Platinum and Harkold Souls Silver. Like the only games of what you just said that I've played were Pokemon, Squeak Squad, Bowser's Inside Story. I'm fully aware. Yeah, so I can't speak to any of those other games just because Pokemon just dominated everything on the DS for me. I'm aware. Um yeah. and that's valid. There's um, a lot of I... games though that I, I'm familiar with. Like I, I know the significance of Ace Attorney and Professor Layton and Rhythm Heaven. I know a lot I know a lot about those games. Or not a lot. I know of those games. So yeah, and like I know they're significant. I know Ace Attorney for sure is significant. I know Layton. I know some people like Rhythm Heaven. I thought that was mostly just a game for like more. It, it was more casual. I but to answer what you were saying before, um, are we just gonna go with one Pokemon game? I think the only answer is yes. I don't think there should be two slots. I know Pokemon dominated this generation, but I'm sorry, Nintendo DS, especially after looking at this list, was is one of the best gaming experiences, like, period. I don't think... Like, I love Pokemon, and I know it's the strongest on DS. There should not be two Pokemon games on this list. There's yeah. You would be robbing so many unique, amazing games from especially if we're recommending to people to go back and play that can only be played on ds i really don't think two pokemon games should be on here unless it like maybe a mystery dungeon and one of the core ones maybe but definitely not two core two core it's a similar both of them are a similar experience right Yeah. yeah we talked about in our breakdown at the very beginning of the game how like all the different things were were factoring in when we actually pick the game so I have a question to ask you guys. I looked at the current price for Pokemon Heart Gold, Soul Silver, and Platinum. Do you want the the two hundred dollar Pokemon game or the hundred dollar Pokemon game put on? Right? <laughs> no, no, no. But I think there's a very big difference when you're looking at a series. Like, so for example, it's different if we were talking GameCube, and you're picking between things like Metroid Prime and Mario Party, which, while expensive are widely available versus something like Path of Radiance, which is both expensive and unavailable. I understand Heart Gold and Soul Silver and Platinum are expensive now, 
but they're very widely available. If you want them, you can find them, even though they're a bit pricey. They're also very like not that I'm condoning this, but they're they're also very emulatable. I don't think well, we let's, should let's, be let's factoring take this it. Into, let's, take, let's take this into consideration. The Gen 4 remakes are coming out soon. <laughs> so you're going to have the Sinnoh experience in an affordable form very soon. Johto, on the other hand, you only have the traditional... I think uh, we should, for one this on one, I don't think this should be a conversation here. I really think we should just deliberate which the best one is. I'm going to say think... Hark Soul Silver strictly because you have a buddy. I mean, I'm also... I also vouch for Heart Gold Soul Silver as my strongest Pokemon game. I legitimately think, uh, like, I legitimately think Heart Gold and Soul Silver are the best Pokemon games ever. I made. do too. So, and um, this is the thing to remember: is like Heart Gold Soul Silver, unlike Fire Red and Leaf Green, came after Platinum. So Heart Gold Soul Silver are like what Emerald was. They are the peak of this generation. They take everything from the full generation and. For Gen and, 4, because there was other yes, Pokemon games 4. that came out after. Yeah, for Gen 4, but they take that whole generation, and like some of the things they add are really, really meaningful and great. Um, and Gen 2 in general is just a really strong generation. There's so much to do. It's Heart Gold, so, so Heart Gold, Soul Silver is the one we're choosing, and it's going on the top yes. 5. Yeah, it's going on. All right. So that's our so first... We can uh... Yep. So now we have what is... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and we need to pick four games. Now, another one I think we can just put on right now that I think we'll all agree with is Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. Yep, yep. I think I we all had a strong. Well. We, we all, all had we all strong, had a really good ex- positive experience with this one. Yes, um, I agree, and I think it's worth playing. And it's one of those titles that's just like it's tied to the DS. Like it's very much like one of those DS classics. Now I think it's still available on the 3DS eShop if that's still around. Yep, 3DS yes. eShop's still on. Yep, yep. So you can get the new version of it with the extra minions and whatever. Yeah, but now here's a, maybe a bit of a controversial opinion as well, and I think you guys are going to be very opposed to this one. But I don't think a Kirby game should be on here. Um, and the reason I think that is because I think one of the things that we as a group often do when we create these lists is we especially because they're Nintendo systems, is we look at, like, okay, what was the Kirby game? What was the Zelda game? What was the Mario game? And I think Kirby Squeak Squad and Canvas Curse, while both being strong games, are just the Kirby game of the DS, and I don't think either of them is one of the best games in the series. I, I personally don't. I can acknowledge Squeak Squad is one of my favorites, but I don't think it's even close to the like peak of Kirby, I don't think it like Canvas Curse. I would argue for a little more because it's a bit more unique. But even then, I just I don't like looking at this list of games. Me personally, like I'm not gonna die on any hell for Canvas Curse. I would argue that Squeak Squad did add a lot more to the combat of the game because like the next Kirby game after Squeak Squad was oh gosh, what was it? Was it Triple Deluxe? And I know I know Mass basic... Attack came out next. Like the core oh, okay. series was Netmex was massive uh, Mass Attack. Mass oh, Attack's okay. not a core series. Mass Attack's a spinoff. Rhythm Heaven, though, just for whatever reason, isn't sitting well with me. Just, and that, but that's just me personally, right? Because I like I don't like those micro gamey kind of things. I don't think WarioWare should make it on this either. And, oof, that one you're gonna. I I think I will die for WarioWare Touch. To be that's honest, that's what I, I was gonna say. I think only one of WarioWare and Rhythm Heaven 
should be on because they're very similar, yeah, similar. experiences. So, because again, like I think for me, like looking at these series, it's like again, like I can acknowledge that like you guys had like a great experience with Kirby Squad and stuff. But it's like I still don't. I think like even you guys can acknowledge like Kirby Squeak Squad is not the best Kirby game even now. Oh, it's not. I Maybe really at the time it. Was... it could have been, but it like but now think, probably not. I still think it's my favorite. It's I think it's yeah. I think it's the best two D Kirby game. But but favorite or it, best because like but, those are two different things, right? I think. Well, I have both. I think it's both. But the thing I will say about it is. There isn't and nece- anything necessarily necessarily unique that it does on DS. Like it doesn't do anything special with the hardware or anything. That's where Canvas Curse has the advantage on it. And like the touchscreen literally is just an inventory like menu. Like that's all it is. So And ultimately I guess that's why like I'm saying like I'll die for WarioWare is because WarioWare Touched is the best WarioWare game. Like it is peak. It has not gotten better, and if like you're going to play any WarioWare game, you should be playing that one. I can respect that. I can respect. That. And like the thing with the DS is that in a lot of games, the touchscreen to me at least felt like it's a gimmick in a yeah. lot of games. But the games that don't did make well. the touchscreen feel like a gimmick should be celebrated, and that's where WarioWare and Rhythm Heaven stuff like that really yeah. get respect from. Yes, so. and that's that's the way I'm looking at it too. Is like. If we're talking about like what to play on DS, I really think like games that use that hardware to its advantage just have a a deeper appeal. Like we do have like Pokemon and Mario and Luigi are both games that don't really use the hardware to its advantage to the most part. Use it a little bit. To hey, Mario and Luigi made you tilt the screen sideways sure, to supplement the gameplay, but it's not like it's not like that's the gameplay, and that's good. There are games on. Uh, three or uh, on DS that like use that, but I also think DS had a lot of games that just use the touchscreen in a way that not only like enhanced the gameplay, but like was the gameplay. So I think I think WarioWare Touch is one of those games. WarioWare Touch is the kind of game that like Nintendo I think still hasn't figured it out, but they've tried to dive into mobile gaming. WarioWare is a game that would be perfect for mobile gaming, and the reason for that is because the micro games lend itself well to mobile gaming, as well as the fact that WarioWare touched using the touch screen for the micro games has been that was the most successful gimmick they ever had. Better than the motion controls, better than the DIY gameplay. I'm willing to to bet better than the gimmick that's going to be in the new one. Like mm-hmm. I, so I do think WarioWare touched is like the definitive WarioWare game. Like, I think even if you hate WarioWare, if you play that one, you'll like it. Because that one, the, the micro games feel way more, like, immersive. So is that okay? Is, am I putting WarioWare yeah. on? Okay, yeah, I'm so fine with that. We got three. <laughs> three and by and that we... logic, would Rhythm Heaven be off? Rhythm Heaven is off, yes. Okay. I will also um, take Custom Robo Arena off. I, don't, I think it's a strong game. I don't think it's strong enough to be on this list. What it comes down to now, Jules, is there's two, there's four games. Is there? I thought we didn't take Kirby off. No, I, I'm fine with taking Kirby the Kirby games off. Like, yeah. so oh, okay, we got four games left, and there's only two slots to put on our list. And you're the only one that has actually played these four games. No, I so, thought you guys have played Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Not the, I've only played Blue Rescue Team. So yeah, I have not played Time and Darkness or. Sky, we haven't played them. Well, 
if I'm going just based off of what I want to say. And take into account list diversity as well. Yes, like the that's day, the thing. Right? Is if I'm going based off what I want to say, it would be the world ends with you and it would be Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Now, the reason I think that I sh- that that shouldn't be the case is because we already have two RPGs and Pokemon Mystery Dungeon and the world ends with you while being very different types of RPGs are also some type of RPG. So having them both take... Like, I think there's too much there. I do think there needs to be something else. So, I mean, you guys only know of Phoenix Wright and Professor Layton. I know they're important. They're very important. When you talk about the DS, my personal experience, I enjoyed Professor Layton more. That has always been my personal experience with those two games, is I like Phoenix Wright, my issue with Phoenix Wright is that it is a digital novel. While there is that puzzle element, you are reading and you are having to be paying attention. And sometimes that's difficult to do. And the gameplay doesn't change, right? Like it's always similar things. Like you have one goal. Whereas with Professor Layton, there's a lot of diversity in the puzzles that are given to you. It's not just crack this case. It's not just look for evidence and find these clues. It's you need to unlock this lock here's a puzzle. Um, and like some puzzles correspond to what's happening in the world, but some don't. But there's a lot of variety in there. And especially if you're somebody who likes puzzles, they're, like some of them are really hard. Like Some of them are like puzzles that you'll sit there for like half an hour, 45 minutes, trying to figure it out. And when you do, it's so satisfying. So I would personally, if I was picking two of the games, personally, I think I'm going to, I would say it would be Professor Layton and The World Ends With You. Because I think the world ends with you should be on here. That's the game I like really, really want on this list. Because I and think no that recency bias. It's not recency bias though. I know. I'm, I'm just having it, a little bit of fun. I was actually going to no, no, say the world ends. You're with right, Layton. Also, you you are right though. Like I'm sure, like me playing Neo, the world ends with you is influencing me a little. But but when I was thinking about the DS essentials, like even a couple months ago, I was always thinking like, I hope I can get the world ends with you onto the list. Um because I do think it's one of those ones that is so incredible. And I remember it like, like I remember it, even though that game was like, didn't even sell well, it had such a cult following because everybody knew what it was because it was just like heavily, cr- like critically acclaimed everywhere. And by the time I finally got to play it, I was like, I understand why now it's really, really well done. So okay, I think that's the list. <laughs> okay. Jules so, uh, or Mateo, please recap. Read off the list. So, we have Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, Mario Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, WarioWare Touched, Professor Layton and the Curious Village, and The World Ends With You. Those are our five games that we have decided are the five essential DS games that we have played, or at least that Giuliano's played all of these, so... <laughs> I have played all of them. Jules, you're saying, like, oh, the DS list is going to be so hard to make. I'm like, no, it's not. Gino and I literally have only played, like... like we the only DS, played Pokemon. All the Nintendo consoles we own, the DS is the smallest library, just because, like... Like, I'm looking at my DS collection right now. It is half Pokemon, so... <laughs> you know what the fun thing about all this is? I guess this wasn't just for the listeners. This list is for you guys, too. Hop on yeah. Get to playing uh, some I, Professor Layton. And... Yep. Warrior hey, Warrior Professor Layton. Guys, guys want to play the homework. world ends with you. I got the Switch one. You guys can uh, 
Let's play. I don't know if I'm going to play that one. Hey, it's really good. Really good. Well, anyways, I think because we've been we've been buying our time with the GBA and DS essentials because like we want to prolong the GameCube one as long as possible because we still don't really know how we're going to approach it. We also don't the know D- who's going to be in it. Yeah, that's the thing. But you know what? I think I have an idea. So like after we wrap things up here, I'm gonna I'm gonna share my idea with you guys. Yeah. I think I have an idea of how we should tackle. So, this. all right. Well, then we will close things off. So, thank you everyone for listening. Reminder, we are available on Spotify as well. So please, if you want to listen to us on the go and you don't want to be connected to the internet, download us our podcast on Spotify. Give us a follow on there on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, all that. We'd like to know what you guys think. We got a lot of ideas uh, that we really are excited about uh, talking. Like uh, podcasts, we're really excited about talking about in the future. Um, I don't want to say them because we always say them at the end, but like, yeah. just we got we got a good content plan coming out. Um, we we really appreciate you guys. Series. Yes, <laughs> I was about to say, Gino, please. Uh, yeah, hey, Adriano, Minecraft Sarah, series. and I have started a new Minecraft Let's Play. If uh, you're listening to us on Spotify, give us a check out on YouTube just because um, we just thought we'd try a little, something a little bit different. Maybe we'll get Giancarlo and Joe, and Joe in there also. Um, just having some good fun with Minecraft. We're playing a, we're playing a game uh, in the 1.17 update and just, just having a little bit of fun there. Don't know how long it'll last, but honestly, Minecraft is just good fun. And it's just, it's just a chill. We can be a little bit creative with it. So but, by yeah. the time... By the time this episode comes out, the Minecraft episode will already been out. It'll already been uploaded. So check that out. Um, So anyways, once again, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, If you're a Geno fan, just disregard everything we said before. Can't wait for your your hopes to be dashed on Geno, on the Geno front. So um, anyways, guys, we'll see you next time when we, for our series essentials for GameCube. And uh, we'll see you in, Episode 27 comes out. So thanks again. Bye. Yep. Bye.